Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. KXNL. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and happy Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Day, Blue Jays fans, as we welcome you in here to 1460 KXNO. It's Miller and Condon with you for the next couple of hours, a busy Friday. Uh, Glad you're with us. If you miss any portion, you can always check out the podcast at KXNO.com and click on the podcast link. Coming up on the program today, we'll I'll take a long look back at last night. A recap of round one of the uh, NFL draft ahead a little bit at uh, particular times throughout the morning. Tom Kakert's going to join us first of all, 1025, HawkeyeReport.com. The the latest yet yet his take on Hawkinson 8 to Detroit, the Noah Fant 20 to Denver, and what the uh, media and uh, is going to be uh, allowed to see tonight as the Hawks wrap up their spring practices tonight and what looks like a very nice night to do so. So Tom Caker, 1025. The voice of the Cyclones, John Walter, is going to pick his brain on a number of issues as we should hear at least one Cyclone uh, hear their name called tonight and a couple other things want to toss around with John Walters and he'll join us at about 1045. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, Nick Athen going to get him for a few minutes, not necessarily on the draft per se, uh, but with the news that broke yesterday at 6 o'clock, Tyree Kill in the audio that uh, surfaced, KCTV, holding it until 6 o'clock, an hour before the draft, which I'm not minimizing what he did. What he did should get him kicked out of the league. But they had this audio for a while, just the timing of it all. Why wouldn't they have... You know, gone public when the district attorney on Thursday uh, went out and faced the uh, media and the public and said no charges. I, I didn't understand the timing of it, Trent. I guess you get more run this way, you get more national coverage this way. But that isn't would it be- sad that that's what it's come to, that it's all about, you know, to hell with the story and to hell with the human nature of it all. We need the ratings. Right. That's sad. Reality, unfortunately. It is. Uh, you're 100% right. You're yeah. 100% right. Um, so we'll we'll get a few minutes with Nick Athen. As Tyree Kill has had to, no, he, he's played his last snap as a Kansas City Chief. Yes. Now, I don't think he's going to be run out of the league. I don't. Oh, I mean, that's, no. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's... Ray Rice is the only one that was, you know, never had an opportunity to play football again after the video, the elevator video surfaced, and only because of the video surfaced prevented him from coming up. But we've got the audio. And that was the timing issue. That was the way the video came out, the initial... What two game suspension that he got? Then the video came out, and the outcry mm-hmm. uh, of just how awful that looked. Mm-hmm. And in reality, Ray Rice, Rice uh, compared to a lot of these guys, I think certainly has been more remorseful. He has. Um, you're 100 percent right, Trent. He's he's used the years since his football career for the best. Yes, um, absolutely. He's. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's good to see, by the way. Yes, uh, Tyree Kill. This is according to the NFL his first strike. 
But I, I can't go there. I'm sorry. Not in our world. Not in our world. Oklahoma no. State. I mean, the, the same woman that um, you know who had who was pregnant at the time with their son, whose arm he broke. Uh, if, if the audio isn't doctored in any way, and I guess you have to say that. Um, this was that was the incident, and he just kind of got off the probation. wasn't the right term, but he had you know three year period, or he had to. You know, um, walk the straight and narrow. And it ended recently, and then this came out. Um, and again, why would you sit on that audio? I, I, other than ratings, which is just ridiculous. One of the things about this business that you just hate, but it's, as you said, it's the world we live in. So a couple of minutes with Nick Athen. David Kaplan, we missed him on Wednesday. We didn't today. As we tell you every week, Cappy, we have to tape him first thing in the morning. Today we did so at 820 because uh, Cappy's on the air from 9 to noon in Chicago or 9 to 1230, I think. So if we want Cappy, we get him as close to live as we possibly can. This morning at 820, we'll do a lot of Cubs. We'll do some bears with Cappy. Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. And before we leave, we're going to give away barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Boo! <laughs> yeah, that was. I'm the... not booing, booing Claxons. I'm just pulling out my best uh, of the 200,000 people. Trent, the numbers at that place. In the pouring rain, the that camera shot, I think ESPN had it. The camera uh, the shot street? of going up the mobile camera, going yeah. all the way. Blocks and blocks and blocks. Unthinkable. I'm with you. You know what stuck out on that video to me? And I've never been to Nashville. It looks like a really cool place. It's an awesome place. I've heard that from everybody. In fact, when Iowa State went to Memphis, we were holding out hope that Iowa would also be in Nashville, right? Yes. And Northwestern was there, and that's a game Thorson got hurt in. Right. That's right. Um, In the Music City Bowl. Holding out hope that it was going to be Nashville because Mm -hmm. there's apparently... The two Tennessee cities, there's no comparison. Oh, not at all. I mean, Memphis is a dump. I hated every, nah, not every minute. I had fun there, but the town itself is dirty. Beale old. Street is that what it was? Yes. Beale Street, right? Not nearly yeah. as big as I anticipated when I went there. So we did the double dip. Remember a few summers back, we went on family vacation. Yes. Yep. Nashville for four days and yeah, then two days right. in Memphis. You saw the ducks. Yes, we saw at, the ducks. In, at the Peabody Hotel. And after we got to Memphis and we walked the streets for a little bit, and we had Ella, who was real little at yeah, the time. she had to have been. She was just a year old. So she's in the stroller, and we're going up and down in the afternoon and have drinks and then get back to the hotel, you know, by 8 o'clock. But we were just wishing when we were in Memphis that we were back in Nashville. Yeah. I'm not a country music fan. I don't I, mind it. Older country, you know, stuff dad and grandpa listened to back in the day. I, I, that's all right. Mm-hmm. But current country doesn't do anything. I love the scene. No. It was it was perfect for me. It was, you know, you get your get a little whiskey, have a beer, listen to some live music. Guy up there playing a guitar, bounce bar to bar. I mean, it is wall to wall bars, and it's a clean city on top of it. Well, and something Memphis you can't gets, say for Memphis. No, you you really can't. But you know, back to back to my original point, and I'm with you because that's what I saw too. I saw bar after bar. Mm-hmm. Would you call them honky tonk? Sure, I guess. Yep, yep. But then you know what was closest to the stage is. A rock bottom brewery. Talk about out of place. Exactly. I mean, you got all these options. Why in the hell? And I used to go there. The food and the beer was okay. Yeah. But it just seems so out of place. Trent, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm 60. Um, maybe I would have in my 20s gone to an NFL draft when I was a Bronco maniac. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have or not. But standing outside in the rain. I mean, you're getting drenched. To hear you're a, a name called, and a guy walked to a stage yeah. and posed with a jersey. You know, I don't know. Doesn't exactly do it for me either. I'm with you. It Maybe is it's a, a sign it's a of tele- our age. It's a television production. Yep. And, and be, it's a damn good one, too. I'd still like to be there for the party. 
And that Music City Bowl, that's going to happen sometime, maybe this year, for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're due yeah, to get there. Yeah. They have campaigned. Well, we to know get Florida's there. out. Yeah, you can't go, you back, can't to go back, back to Florida. So scratch Florida off the, off the list. Yeah, maybe. I if mean, it's the, another seven and five, eight and four type of year. Mm-hmm. Gas up the car, make your way to Nashville. It's drivable. It is. It's definitely drivable. Well, uh, it was a, it was a fun production. I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. I loved every minute of it. I'm uh, looking forward to six o'clock tonight when it will resume. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it in its entirety, but but there's a couple of things. Um, you know, maybe we should start with the locals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradbury to uh, the Vikings is, is a home run. This you guy, nailed that one. Well, they I did. Um, you know, I get a lot of them wrong. Got that one right. I mean, I'm gonna. I, I told you I don't want to take credit for Nick Bosa yeah, yeah. in our little contest, but you allowed me to, so I did. Um, but. Bradbury's a center. Pat Elfline now moves out of center to, and he was really good as a rookie. He was a he had a good campaign in his rookie year. Pro Football Focus though a year ago had him rated as the worst center yeah. in the league. No, he had to, he had to move. Yeah, move him back to guard. Yeah, strength position. Yeah. Now got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That's another piece. Another reason I think last year he rated so poorly is he wasn't playing healthy. Right, and they didn't have anywhere else to turn as bad as that offensive line was. A year ago. You know, Bradbury, the thing about him, you look at him, an interior offense alignment, it's hard to get excited. Really athletic. Now, Quentin Nelson got Colts yes. fans excited. Maybe and not at the time. His ability to get to the second level. We When we talked to Tim Yatter earlier this week, one thing he mentioned, you know, they want to do a lot more of those zone plays, but they have to be more athletic along the offensive line to do that, running the inside-outside zone with Dalvin Cook. This is a guy that can do it. Mm-hmm. Not only good, decent size in the middle, but his athletic ability, his feet, and getting to that second level and get to the linebackers and safeties, that will what makes him a difference maker. So I really do like this pick. After you've been talking about him here quite a bit here throughout the week, I've been doing a little bit more and watched a little bit more on him. Really like that pick. And the Vikings, was a really talented roster a year mm-hmm. ago that didn't make the playoffs. Right. There's still a lot of talent on that roster. There is, no doubt about that. So Riley Reef will play left tackle, uh, Elfline left guard, Bradbury gets the center spot. Uh, the kid they took last year, second round, I think, O'Neal, that plugged him in at right tackle, and he played well, played well. So uh, the Vikings got better yesterday. Chiefs didn't have a pick. Frank Clark was their pick, I guess if you want to call it that, as they bring him over from Seattle. His press conferences today, he's got some domestic baggage from his college days. Now, by all accounts, he's been a model citizen and since then, but man, that's going to be an awkward press conference today, Trent. It was going to come up, you would assume, yep. at the press conference. Now it's going to be, I would think, the major talker. You know, when you couple Kareem Hunt last year, Tyreek Hill, you bring in Frank Clark, um, it's going to be a talker. It's not going to be a pleasant, his introductory press conference to his new team. Mm-hmm. It's not joking questions about, no. what are you looking forward to barbecue-wise? Right. Yeah, gonna, great point. Not going to be yeah. that type of press yeah, conference. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be no uh, yucks and giggles, and nor should there be, uh, considering everything that's going on there. Tyree kills out. He, he can't, he won't play in Kansas City. I don't think, no, no, he won't. He won't. He will play in the league again. I don't know I when he'll there. play in the league again. Maybe not next season. I wouldn't think so. No. Uh, did you see, did you have a problem? I don't know much of it you were able to watch last night uh, of the draft. Um, I was uh, mowing the lawn, so I was listening, listening to the audio coverage of it. Uh, the Tennessee Titans took a kid from Mississippi State. Boy, Mississippi State had some guys go off the board in that yes. draft, right? You can see why Iowa had negative 15 yards rushing. Yes, absolutely. Game. There's three, three first-rounders on the field against him. Jeffrey Simmons, 
I didn't realize this about him uh, until ESPN showed it last night. Um, and it was it was Trey Wingo that uh, that did the piece. Jeffrey Simmons comes off the board, and first thing out of um, uh, their mouths were, "Okay, we've got to tell you a little bit about this kid." Jeffrey Simmons is an 18 year old high school student. His sister and another woman got in a fight. He's a high school student. Yep. His sister and another woman in a fight. Simmons goes in to break up the fight, and got his sister got broke up the pile but then became a part of it he's actually raining punches on the his sister the woman that his sister was in the scuffle with he's not it probably three or four hard punches yes. against a woman it's and it's one of those delicate balances he is high schooler yeah he is protecting his sister mm-hmm. but he's doing it against another woman right and these are the conversations. If this is two brothers fighting, Trent, and you know what? Yeah. You come to your brother's day. We say that a million times, right? This wouldn't be a story. This wouldn't be a story. But you know what? This still should be a it story. Absolutely is. And you know what? ESPN, three, two, three, four, five years ago, I don't know if this is part of their draft coverage. Good call. Yeah. You know, the Ray Rice thing maybe started to lead us mm-hmm. down this road, and now it's going to be. I didn't have a problem with them showing it. It was cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. It was cringeworthy watching it. I was kind of surprised that ESPN broadcast it. Um, but at the same time, I think you have to. It's part of Jeffrey Simmons' story. Now, again, uh, in, in his time at Mississippi State, this guy did everything right. And you he had more people vouching for his character. Mm-hmm. And I think sincerely vouching for his character, the stuff that they went on after they showed the video. So we'll see. It's just, it's part and parcel. So this is a kid that also tore his ACL working out for the draft. Right. And probably won't play this year. Yeah. If he does, it'll probably, it'll be certainly in the back half of the schedule. Coupled with, this is a guy that wouldn't have ended up in Mississippi State without that transgression that you mentioned. It's a guy that was a national recruit. This mm-hmm. was a big time player. Mm-hmm. Alabama's and the LSU's yep. of the world backed off because of this. He ends up Mississippi State. And like you said, has been, for all accounts, a model citizen. It's your sister. Yeah. And, and that's why it's a difficult conversation. You say, well, you never, you never hit a woman. Of course. goes without saying. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing your sister get beat up? Yeah. yeah it's... Pull her off. Yeah. Push her, push, push one out of the get way. Get away. Push, yeah, yeah, just... Um, I guess, well, he says the emotion got the best. <laughs> Apparently it did. Anyways. Um, Packers? Yeah, yeah, let's go there with the Packers. Look, Rashawn Gary, Trent... This was the number one overall high school recruit when he uh, decided to play at Michigan. New Jersey kid. Yeah. Uber recruit. Yep. And he went in right away. Yep. He saw, whoa. But There's then, a reason. Trent, the scouting department got this one yes. right. But then he never took, he never con- took the steps, continued steps forward that you thought he would. He would be on the field and there'd be, there'd be plays. He's, oh my God. But there weren't enough of those, oh my God moments for him because. The motor is the question with him. Yes. But you, if you saw the when he was taken off the board, the emotions that got him, he was with his family, tears just running down his face. So maybe I Packer thought it was fans, just because he had to move to Wisconsin. That's, that's, yeah, just found out he's going to live in Green Bay. I saw that, yeah. That's, that was pretty funny. Um, but if, you know, he decides to be the football player that, Obviously, the Packers think he can. I think they got a good one there. Now, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know much about the kid they moved to take up. I know he played at Maryland. I don't remember him. I don't remember watching a Maryland game, not that we did a ton last year, thinking, 
holy mackerel, that kid's going to be a pro. That was the exact same takeaway that I had. When I watched Maryland, it wasn't a guy that jumped out. Yeah. Wasn't a guy that we talked about leading into Iowa, Maryland. Uh-uh. Wasn't look out for this. Right. Never had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Keep Maybe. your head on a swivel because Savage is going to knock your block off. Right. Now, eh. if he's able to plug and play and you got Amos on the other side, this is what they need to do at the safety position. Yep. They still need more help on that defense. But overall, it's it's it's, it's the, a shoulder shrug, right? Just kind of it eh, is. And if we'll Gary see. if Gary lives up to the hype he did when he was coming out of high school and devotes himself and decides, you know what, I'm going to make a go of this thing instead, he took plays off mm-hmm. in Michigan. That's what I that's what I, my biggest takeaway on him was. So I get why they did it. Uh, we'll see. Um, Chiefs didn't have a pick. They got Frank Clark. Bears didn't have a pick. They got Khalil Mack. Uh, the, He'll take it. Indeed. The Hawkeyes, uh, TJ Hawkinson, love where he went. I think he's in a great place in Detroit. Um, Stafford is a guy that loves to throw to the tight end. This is a good pickup, I think. I think he's in a good place. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have a long career and uh, good for TJ Hawkinson. And how about the town of Sheridan last night celebrating? <laughs> yes. That was really good theater, really was. Now, here's my question They showed a bar in Iowa City. And I wish I could have remembered the bar in Iowa City who was, was was watching the draft, right? A college bar by the looks of things. Everybody's, the airliner? No. Brothers? The Union? Might have been Brothers. Brothers, yeah. That's a big one. Large. A lot of TVs. Well, I didn't see that. They dance just, floor. I didn't see the dance floor. Might have saw floor. me there 20 years ago. Right. Well, and this is where I'm going. Because whatever bar that they were at was a bunch of college guys, you know, drinking cans of bush light. <laughs> yes. But then there was a guy at the bar my age. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Really? The the college bar. That That's okay in Iowa City. If I was to go to a... Where, where do kids hang out now? Court Avenue at night? Yeah. You yeah. don't think I'd stick out like a sword? What's this old man doing? Who does he think he is? Well, during that time of the evening, that's okay. Yeah, still, if it was 11, you... it'd be a different conversation. I wouldn't go anywhere near those places, Trent. I'm six. That guy's my age. Just wanted a cocktail. Watch the draft. But isn't there a place where... Maybe have a young co-ed brush up yeah, against him? I, and then that's the problem I have with that sicko. I just thought, oh my God, dude, what are you going to be... People are watching this and somebody's going to recognize you in a college bar surrounded by college students. What are you thinking? The worst part is if his wife notices yeah. <laughs> that good one. Po- good point. I Fair thought you had to work late. Yeah, there he was, bellied up to the bar. Uh, uh, Noah fan to Denver. Look, he's a Bronco fan. As I said yesterday, I didn't think it was Jake Butt is hurt. Mm-hmm. Always hurt. And hasn't been able well, he redshirted, then he played and then he got hurt again. And I really liked him when he came out of mission. He was an outback bull casualty, right? It was the outback that they were in when he got hurt. Was it the cap but well, he was in Florida. It, it was, was a New Year's yeah. Day bull. I'm gonna say outback. Um he got hurt in that draft and fell to the fifth round. Did he go the pick before or after George Kittle? It was like back to back. You're right, and I yeah I can't I remember. I think it was Butt Kittle, or was it Kittle Butt? I don't remember. Well, I do remember this. If 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 Denver would have taken the Hawkeye, then they wouldn't have taken the Hawkeye they <laughs> right. took last night. I like the no fan pick. I yes. do. Athletic. Oh my speed. god! At the NFL level, said it yesterday. We both love Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. I think Noah Fant's a better NFL tight end just because of his pure athleticism. And I think TJ Hawkinson's going to have a great career. I think Noah Fant's got a really big chance here. Hawkinson strikes me of a guy, if you're a fantasy football player, that every year when you look at the tight end list, mm-hmm. he's in the top eight. Is he Greg Olson? Mm, yeah, that area. 
Olsen injuries have, have kind of... But he's, he's the same kind of player. Yes, yeah. And I don't just say he's that because they're both white. He's good. Yeah. But I don't know if he's ever elite. You know, the comparisons to the elite guys. Well, we talked about Jason Witten. I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm. In fantasy circles, Witten was never a guy that you take as one of the top three tight ends mm-hmm. pretty much any year. But you know, you get a solid guy, a guy you plug in there. You don't have to think about the tight end position because he's healthy. He'll catch four or five balls a game. He'll catch a touchdown six, seven times, and there's your tight end position. You don't have to think about it the rest of the year outside of a bye week. That's what I look at Hawkinson, where Noah Fant, that upside, mm. he can be Jimmy yeah. Graham. He can so be too. at the highest level. I could see that for him. It's what you want. Yep. And for a Broncos team that needs playmakers, mm-hmm. somebody that can help stretch the field. After They're trade. young in the receiving position with the exception of Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Got rid of... Uh, who DT was, is gone. Yeah. Yep. To Houston last year. And right, he's, now a, he's now a Patriot, but a Patriot with a torn Achilles. And the Patriots tore, get another wide receiver. And they did in the uh, the very last pick in the draft. Yeah, so I, li- I like from, both spots for them. Yeah, It's I not too. something where you kind of... Cr- we did as the Lions, so that's a little bit cringeworthy in itself. But overall, good spots for both those guys. No doubt. Uh, Daniel Jones to the Giants is the, is the one that everybody's scratching their head about. And you know what? Arizona, too. Waiting to, as long as they did. And now they're... They're going to get dimes on the dollar for for Josh Rosen. I mean, they wanted a first round pick and then didn't start pursuing with any degree of uh, certain uh, certainness or suddenness um, until a few minutes before the draft. I mean, they knew for weeks they were taking Kyler Murray, didn't they? Why they're the Arizona Cardinals? I guess one of the worst run organizations in NFL history. Yeah, made a Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. Should have won the Super Bowl. Had yes. the Super Bowl won. But overall, Delson, Tony that Holmes is, and Ben Roethlisberger did their magic. It's a bad organization, and you're seeing that play out once again. No uh, surprise, though. Did, did when Jones came off the board? There, I mean, with the, the reaction for Giants fans was just priceless. I, I don't understand the um, if they like him and thought he was going to be gone, and if it's a franchise quarterback and you're proven to be right, mm-hmm. you're going to get the last laugh. But mark my words, it's going to be tough before you get to that point because they are tight facing a ton of arrows, a ton of criticism, arrows being shot their way. Like, what were you thinking? You could have got him at 17. Trent, there was a lot of players still left on the board, and they reached for Daniel Jones at that point. Unless they were concerned about somebody jumping ahead, be it the Redskins, be be it Miami. Those are two teams looking Mm -hmm. for quarterback. Outside of that, you think Jones was that much better than Dwayne Haskins, than Drew Locke, than whoever he could get here in the second day. Whatever it may be, didn't make sense. Trade down. Trade down. And even if you don't get the haul that you want to trade down, you can still get your guy. But to take that at six, mm-hmm. it's an awful pick. You know, I was surprised. Speaking of trading down, and, and I put my Bronco fan cap on here for just for a second because we got to get a break and get to Tom Caker and John Walters. When Denver moved from 10 to 20, I had the pick right. Will you give me for half a point? I mean, I had Bush at 10. You did? No, you don't get anything for that. No. I, I had, had him taking an Iowa tight end. Do I get any points for that? When, who you got who take The Denver? Broncos. Adam uh, Hawkinson at 10. All right. I guess you, you, none, neither one of us do. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. How about this? Mm. Talk about some uh, golf. Oh, good idea. That's what we were going to do. It's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword hockey to 200-200 right now to win $1,000 cash. That's hockey to 200-200 standard data uh, data and uh, message rate supply. I know what it was. Denver moves from 10 to 20. And for doing so, I would have assumed a first-round pick would have come with it next year. Maybe it wasn't a high enough pick. Maybe if you're top five. Mm -hmm. So they get a... 
they they go from ten. They get Pittsburgh's twenty, a second round this year and a third round next year. Is that enough? Dropping down it, ten spots. I thought it touched more. I thought they would have got more too. That's I was maybe kind two of surprised. Two twos out of it. Yeah. Or their first next year? Yeah. Who knows? Devin Bush can be a good player. And sadly, because of the Shazier situation, that's what the Steelers were lacking. Uh, Tom Kaker joins the program next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14 No. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes momentarily with Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Cyclones in 15 minutes. The voice of Iowa State, John Walters, will join Trent and I. Let's get Tom Caker in here. The media, along with family members of the football program, we have an opportunity to watch the final spring practice tonight. Tom Caker joins us. Tom, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Tom? Doing Okay. Doing okay. Uh, um, nice that the football program threw the media a bone, actually allowing you guys to watch the entire practice. I'm, I'm impressed. I really am. It's the right move. I think every school should do it. They've got to feed the beast, and that's what you guys do is you guys, you know, get the stuff to the people that can't wait to read it or hear about it or whatever. Good for Iowa for opening up the practice, Tom. Yeah, you can't go dark for an entire um, spring. You just can't, and and you can't just limit it to like you know fifteen minutes. We're going to let you in and take some pictures. Either you got to allow us in to kind of see what's going on. And I understand that they couldn't make it available to fans. And Kirk has said that he wants to do that next year once you know the turf is back down on Kinnick. He's going to have an open practice, but I think it's important. And you're trying to sell the program yep. too, so I think they. They realize that it's important for for uh, fans to, if they can't be there, to at least have people there who can give them some insight on the program. Tom, what are a couple of the biggest things you're going to be looking for tonight? Kind of sight unseen, not knowing exactly what you're going to see, if you're going to see any scrimmage or anything like that. What are the areas that you're going to be concentrating the most on? Yeah, I, I would say um, probably both of the lines. I would start there just because that's always so important to – what Iowa football is in any given year is how they're performing on the offensive and defensive line. And for the defensive line, I feel pretty comfortable with the starters, but the guys who are backing them up, I mean, that's uh, nobody on that uh, backup unit has taken a snap in a college football game. So um, they've, they've got to show us something there. I, I look forward to seeing that. I've the offensive line. I want to see what Tyler Linderbaum looks like as a center. Um, we know the tackles, but what's the guard rotation? Is Mark Kellenberger kind of getting more of a look at guard right now? Uh, could that be a potential starter? And then um, I want to look at the, you know, who's playing that new newfangled cast mm. in the Bonnie mm-hmm. Hooker position, and what are they doing with some of these rush defensive ends and that are linebackers that are standing up and kind of rushing. Uh, I, I want to get a look at some of that as well. You know what I want you to do for me, Tom? Uh, get a look at the backup quarterback battle. I'm not no, sure you'll see. There you go. <laughs> Petrus Manziel. Uh, that, that's going to be interesting. Now, I don't for one minute think that you guys are going to find out what the uh, how it's going to work itself out. But at least maybe you'll get an opportunity to see both of them. And I think that's something that, uh, look, it's a contact sport, right? Nate Stanley's been fortunate. But maybe this year is the year where you got to turn to your back up at some point. You know, I just 
put something up today and it was kind of five things to watch and that was one of them and and i know some people kind of look at me strange when i say i'm going to be watching those backup quarterbacks and they're like why i mean you know family's there and i'm like a year from now we're going to be talking that's going to be the the a1 story for iowa football is who's going to be the quarterback so um we want to get a look we want to see what it looks like and uh see petrus see um you know, see what Manziel looks like now, see a little bit of Alex Padilla. Can he come on and maybe by next spring be a, a real factor there? Um, Got to get a look at that and kind of assess where it stands right now. It could change, and it probably will, but it, it's, I think, an important battle because, as we know, as we see in college football, whoever doesn't win that battle is going to be leaving. That's just yeah, the nature true. of quarterbacks in yep. college football. Tom, uh, two last night in the NFL draft. Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson off the board. Hawkinson to the Lions at 8 and the Broncos at 20 with Fant. Before we get to those two guys, though, who's the next Hawkeye that hears their name called? Oh, I think I think Hooker tonight, probably in the third round. Somewhere in the middle part of the third round, I think he's going to come off the board. You know, it's interesting, uh, and I saw a couple of guys note this, uh, in tweets like national guys or um, you know NFL draft guys, George Kittle's season really helped those guys elevate yeah. their stock. I think they knew they were good, but then when you, they see what Kittle did and what the program's uh, able to produce, I think everybody kind of wants a piece of that pie now, and and I, I think that helped Noah and TJ. And I think kind of the same thing is going to be said about Amani Hooker. We've seen what Desmond King, you know, mm-hmm. everybody kind of let him drop to the fifth round, and he's turned out to be a really good player in the NFL, and I, I think they're going to probably view Amani Hooker in the same way. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, and I'm, I'm excited to see Nelson at the next level too, Tom, and as you well know, it's a, it's a deep draft at his position, but I think not, I'm convinced he's going to make a football team, and I'm convinced he's going to have a, a, a nice career in the NFL. Uh, your thoughts on him at the next level? Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, probably third, fourth round, I would think he's going to pop off the board. Um, but boy, it's just such a, I mean, you saw, we saw it last night with all the defensive linemen, especially defensive ends going off the board uh, quickly. You know, teams only have seven picks. They've got a lot of needs. Well, we got our defensive end. We don't need another one. So you just got to, he's got to stay patient and find the right fit, hopefully. And, uh, get an opportunity. He might, you know, it might take him a couple years to really start to make an impact, but I think he's got a chance to be pretty good at the next level. So of the remaining group, and, and the remaining group is all the seniors that were part of the team last year, as we're talking about four guys that still had eligibility before departing for the draft. Who's the most likely to be drafted? Is it Ross Reynolds? I would think so. Um, he did really well in testing. Uh, you know, they always need offensive linemen, so I would think He's probably got the best shot of uh, of any of the guys beyond that to uh, to get drafted. Um, but they're going to have a nice, you know, free agent group. But Gervas will get somebody will pick him up. Keegan Render, I would expect Racinos, Nick Easley. Mm-hmm. Can we just pencil Nick Easley into it as a free yeah. agent signing to the New England Patriots <laughs> right now? Yeah. Yeah, certainly seems like it. Uh, yeah, that I wouldn't be a bit surprised, Tom. I I really wouldn't. Hey, I want to go back to spring ball with you just for a second, Davion Nixon. Um, I'm wondering how far you know where Iowa was with him 
a month ago, and as they get set to close tonight, and because the guy had to have, you know, that football rust air quote, if you if you want on him, I wonder how far he's come in a short period of time. Yeah, the the, the indication I've gotten is that he's he's come pretty far, but he's still got, you know, it's like a, a boxer who hasn't fought in a year and a half or something. You know, it's just got the ring rust that's got to mm-hmm. get uh, get taken off your body a, a little bit. And But he's going to come along. I know they're really high on his potential. And he looks the part. And uh, they don't have a guy like him who's just a big, physical, tough guy in the middle. And they really need him to, uh, I think, to, to develop to be a really good player uh, this year to help them in that rotation at defensive tackle because you can't expect Lattimore and Reef to play 60 snaps a game. Last thing for me, Tom, I'll let Ken finish up with you here. A little basketball. A, uh, rec- on the assistant coach front, any rumblings about anybody there? And then secondly, in Iowa, looking at the Hauser kids from Marquette, hoping to get them in for a visit. Both of them come in with two open scholarships. And also uh, Harvey from Notre Dame, what you're hearing on the transfer front for basketball. Yeah, on the assistant front, uh, the only thing I know is that uh, uh, Courtney Eldridge, the, the uh, video coordinator for uh, Iowa basketball, who played for Fran at UNC Greensboro, is going to be out on the road recruiting. This is a big recruiting weekend. All the, the coaches can be at AAU events, so there's going to be you know, Adidas is down in Dallas, and Kansas City has Under Armour, and the, Atlanta is where the uh, Nike folks are going to be. Uh, so they've got to spread themselves out, and Fran's got to get to a lot of things. And, and uh, you know, so Sherm will be out, and Kirk Sparrow will be out, and Courtney's going to fill in that role. I think, you know, Courtney might be the guy. I think a lot of people just thought maybe he's just going to elevate him. But what I've heard is Fran's kind of kicking the tires on a lot of different things right now, trying to get a feel for, um, you know, who's available and who fits with him. Uh, Fran's hires have tended to be with the familiar, though, so that's one thing you have to have to keep in mind that he's tended to hire people who he has a history with. Uh, so um, it kind of limits his pool a little bit unless he steps outside that. Uh, as far as the transfers, the Housers, I think uh, you know they'll. It looks like maybe late May they're probably going to mm-hmm. get a visit. Uh, DJ Harvey, we haven't heard a visit date yet. I've reached out to him and he hasn't he hasn't commented on. Other than he's planning on visiting Iowa. Tom Caker at com. Tom, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, look forward to reading all about uh, what you guys are able to witness tonight. com. Thank you, Tom. Okay, thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Tom Caker at com. Let's get Jack in here before we go to break. Jack, thanks for being patient. Welcome to the program. How are you? What's up, Kenny? How are you? Good. Uh, lifelong Lions fan, you know. Love the fact that we got another Hawk on the team. Um, you know, I think TJ Hawkinson's a little bit better blocker than a couple years ago. We drafted Ebron, who's now with the Colts. Yep. You know, I just kind of similar, maybe catching passes, and we didn't utilize Ebron like we should. I'm a little nervous. Love Hawks, but I know we got Darren Bevel now as our offensive coordinator. I just kind of wanted to get your take on it. Well, I think the you just said the magic words. I think Bevel's a huge upgrade, especially with uh, what they want to do there. Look, they're trying to become the New England Patriots, right? Yep. And it worked, and Patricia's very familiar with it. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. I think Stafford is going to be giddy that he's got a tight end like that. They can run the football. Um you know what? This is a very competitive division. I think the Bears are probably the team to beat. But after that, 
you know, who's that next team? Is it the Vikings, the Packers, or even your Lions, I think, are in the conversation. I'm not sure this is your year, Jack, but uh, maybe one of these years for those long-suffering Lions They're due. Fans. Yes, indeed, they are. Jack, thanks for the call. We are. Thank you. Good to talk to you uh, as we continue on here. We'll take a break. We'll talk Cyclones with John Walters next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thank you to Tom Kakert. As promised, from the Hawks to the Clones, let's get John Walter, the voice of Iowa State, in here. He joins us. John Trenton Ken, how are you, John Walters? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing fine. You know, Brent Bloom put out a t- second time Bloom. He's tweeted something this week that uh, I brought up on the show. He's a good follow, Brent Bloom is. Uh, he said last night uh, that Kyler Murray's the best college player he's ever seen in person. Knowing we were going to have you on today, I wanted to ask you the most dynamic player that you've seen in all your years of calling college football. Who's the most dynamic? I mean, Patrick Holmes, but Iowa State held him in check. Um, who's the answer to that, John? Most dynamic college football player you've seen in person? You know, I I think it'd be pretty hard to top Baker Mayfield. Yeah, um, he was he was just a special college player with as much moxie and confidence as any, and that just is what made him. You know, but but had the talent too. But uh, you know, uh, that's who I would probably put at the top of the list of just a a guy that absolutely was the dominant player on the field every time he played. And there's been others, certainly, but mm-hmm. I, I think I'd put him number one. What about Barry Sanders? You weren't calling Iowa State games, oh, though, back no. in the, the late 80s. <laughs> no, 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 no. but I saw him. Yeah, yeah. and I, I uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, there, there is I, – I just changed my choice. It's all it took. Barry Sanders was the best college player I've ever seen in person. No question about it. Mm. And, um, yeah, he was he was outstanding and – What's amazing is what would have happened if he had played four years. Mm. Uh, the numbers that he would have put up would have been just astronomical. If he but, had, didn't uh, have Thurman Thomas in front of him, the wait first his two turn, years, right? So, yeah. yeah, no doubt. But yeah, you're right. That was that that was one that caught your eye. You just couldn't take your eyes off him when you were watching him play. No yeah. doubt. Good stuff. Well, David Montgomery certainly has had that at recently uh, with Iowa State. He's been uh, unbelievable to watch. The broken tackles, Akeem Butler. Two Cyclones, John, I have to think, are both going to hear their names called tonight. I thought there was a chance Butler with New England seemingly looking at receiver may sneak into that first round. He's still on the board. Both of them come off the board tonight, don't you think? I sure hope so. I, I, I think it's a real good possibility. Uh, I think Hakeem, I'd be really surprised if he got out of tonight. And I, even with David, I'd be surprised as well. But um, I think it's likely that Hakeem goes earlier. But um, I think somebody's going to get two really good football players with those two guys. And two guys that have you know, dealt with adversity in their lives and come out of it uh, shining examples of how you deal with adversity. I mean, those two guys are as good off the field as they are on the field. And uh, somebody's going to get two really quality players, but two quality people too. And that's exciting. I mean, and I think, you know, in the NFL, when, you know, sometimes you roll the dice on guys that maybe don't have the, uh, the positives in that category. Uh, if you can check that box and you're a good player, I think it really helps your chances of moving up because somebody sees you as a long-term fix, not something that 
could flame out in a year or two. I mean, I think both those guys could be on a roster for 10 years and have very productive NFL careers. You know, I go back to last year, the, well, the year before, Lazard's senior season, and there was some point, I think it was during the spring, and you are not or during uh, August camp, and you could correct me if I'm wrong here, what, timing-wise, but when Matt Campbell made the assertion that the best, the best receiver in the wide receiver room is potentially going to be Hakeem Butler, that kind of got people's attention because, you know, Lazard, sure, he's local and we knew his story and we watched him play high school football, but I don't think at the time he said that, that anyone that thought Butler could be better than Alan Lazard. Do you remember that, John? Well, I do, and and I think what he saw and then what we saw uh, last season was that Hakeem can just do some things that very few people can on a football field, and so... um you know, it just puts him in a different category. It's nothing against Alan Lazard, um, but but Hakeem Butler can just do some things that are dynamic that very few players can do. And so, um, you know, and then he's also got some flaws. He's not perfect, um, but I, I think he's uh, he's a guy that is very intriguing. Uh, when you start looking at the the wide receivers that could come off the board tonight, I I, I think he might be the most intriguing guy because. You know, if you're an NFL team and you're looking at him and you're thinking he's a deep threat, he could be an underneath threat. He could, you know, he can run like crazy after the catch. He's a willing blocker, very capable there. Uh, he does a lot of things really well. Um, it's just making the sure catches all the time that has been his biggest flaw. Um, but you know, I, I think with a lot of work, he can get there on that. I've seen guys improve in that area. So uh, I'll be surprised if he doesn't come off the board pretty early tonight. Brian Peavy, another guy that is, uh, at least to many people, anticipated to be drafted sometime over the weekend. Had a shoulder injury, played through it a season ago. Not big by any means, but as small as he is, very active in run support. Overall, how surprised would you be if Brian Peavy doesn't hear his name called this weekend? You know, I've seen you know the mock drafts that don't have him listed, so I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't get picked. I think he'll be one of the guys to get a quick call as a free agent if that's the case. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him drafted either. I mean, again, a really character guy. I mean, look what he did his senior year. Uh, tore his peck completely yeah. in in uh, fall camp and mm. played through it the entire season. Played every game. I mean, how many guys do that? Uh, he didn't want his college experience to be over that day. And he found a way to play through that. And, um, you know, I, I think it says a lot about the kind of person he is and the kind of teammate he would be. And on top of that, he's been an awfully good cover guy. I mean, you see Pro Football Focus ranking him as one of the top cover guys in this draft, and uh, we've seen it for four years. So, uh, yes, undersized, and he's fought that battle his whole life, has had to prove himself every stage. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a good flyer for a team in the sixth or seventh round if he's still sitting there. Um, and maybe maybe our Bears' trend will be the team to, yeah. to roll the dice on. Because you can never have enough corners, right? I mean, you can never have enough corners. Well, so. to be honest, I, I'm, I I want David Montgomery in a Bears I uniform. think there's a chance well, at that, too. And I'd love to see. I was thinking that thought when you guys were getting ready to call. I was, you know, I saw the Chicago Tribune article this morning about, you know, who the Bears might get and what their needs are. And certainly running back is at the top of that list. I think more of like the every down back uh, is the kind of guy they need. And, man, David would fill that void. I don't know if they trade up to get him, but if he's still sitting there, you know, when they pick in the third round, 
holy smokes, I sure hope they grab him. Mm-hmm. What separated him, John? Um, was it was it his off the field stuff? His his leadership qualities? I mean, we heard very quickly. Uh, Coach Campbell would often bring up the fact that you know, first thing in the morning or last thing at night or on a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, there he is. Is, is that what separated? Is that what David Montgomery made uh, helped make the, uh, into the football player that he's become? Well, I think when you look at players that are real success stories, it usually starts with that, a tremendous work ethic, and there's no doubt that David had that, and does just an absolute laser focus on becoming the best player that he can possibly be. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody more focused on becoming the best player and best person that they can possibly be than David Montgomery. So, um, you know, you throw in that with the natural talent that he does have, tremendous vision. Uh, ability to cut. Now he's not going to run away from a lot of guys, but in the NFL, how many 70 yard runs do you see? Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, if you want a guy that can move the chains and uh, and break some tackles and and be a very effective every down back, I, I think he has that potential to do that in the league. We'll see. Uh, it's a, it's tough. It's not as easy as breaking tackles in college. We all know that. But um, man, he's shown he's shown a lot of ability in those areas. Certainly as a college player. John, it's springtime. It's uh, warming up outside. They'll cool down here the last day or two. Still, golf clubs out. You getting ready for uh, going out and about and talking to all the people across? What's the spring tour looking like this year? Yeah, we're starting mid-May. Uh, we're going to go back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Um, so, yeah, we'll hit the western half of the state. I think that, what is 13, 14, 15, something like that. And then the following week, we'll hit the eastern half of the state. And I think we'll have pretty great crowds this year there's a lot of great things going on with iowa state athletics so i hope a lot of people come out and celebrate that with us and uh, uh it should be a fun time we we always enjoy that tailgate tour it's a great way to do it i mean you condense everything into six days you see it interact with a ton of fans and it just makes sense to do it the way iowa state does it indeed john walters voice of iowa state john uh, thank you for coming on giving us a few minutes uh we will talk to you in the weeks to come thank you john Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, John Walters, voice of Iowa State. Uh, they do it the right way, Trent. Mm-hmm. They do. They cover the entire state, and um, they're very well received. All right, we'll take a timeout. David Kaplan's going to join us. We're going to get Nick Athen in here for a few minutes on Tyreek Hill. Uh, Cappy joins us. We taped him, uh, what, 8.20 this morning, so mm-hmm. about three hours ago or thereabouts. We'll talk to uh, David Kaplan. We're going to give away some barbecue. We're here until noon. We're glad you're with us. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.